the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Love Radio Network. Get ready to kick up some dirt and mud because it's time for San Diego Off-Road Coalition Radio with Dave Stahl. SDORC is here to further off-roading as a safe family experience while promoting and preserving the natural environment. So whether it's bikes, buggies, trucks, or trikes, San Diego Off-Road Coalition Radio brings you the latest news and initiatives in preserving the use of off-highway vehicles and protecting the land and wildlife at the same time. Because together, everyone achieves more. Now, here is your host, Dave Stahl. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to SDORC Dirt Radio FM 961. AM 1170, The Answer. You can listen to us on any podcast. Download the free KCBQ app. We are worldwide. Hey, this segment's brought to you by Imperial Valley Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Check these guys out. They're over at 2328 U.S. Highway 86 in El Centro. They're open for service Saturday and Sunday. Why? Because if you got a buggy out at Glamis or... Borrego or any of the desert areas and you're having problems, they're open for you. Go to IVCDJR.com, check them out, and thank them for sponsoring this show. Also, Alpha Site Logistics. If you're doing an event out in the desert, you have to have the proper equipment. Well, Alpha Site handles uh, hand wash stations, hand wash trailers, shade trailers, dumpsters, and a whole lot more. Give them a call, 760-352-8383. Get a quote. Tell them thanks for sponsoring SDORC Dirt Radio. Hey, Audrey and Ed are out in the desert finishing up the Lost Lizard Fun Run. I understand it was off the charts. So while they're taking a little bit of a break, I got my very dear friend, Jill Simonello. She is the tallest automotive lady in the industry, and she's only five foot tall. She ran the Rebel Rally this year, and this was her first attempt. So I told her, girl, I have got to hear how that went. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Did you survive the Rebel? Are you all rested up? Um, I'm still resting. I'm still sleeping. But I survived the Rebel, and uh, <laughs> it was it was amazing. No, I, I cannot get enough sleep because uh, they wake you up at 5 a.m. every day with a cowbell. I know. And I take it you're not a morning person. Well, so I would prefer to sleep through the morning if I could, but once I'm up, I'm up. Yeah. Uh, but but if I had my choice, I would not be waking up at 5 a.m. That's right. Hey, who was your co-host, uh, or co-co-host, co-driver on this project? So my co-driver was Kristen Shaw. She is another automotive journalist, and um, she's not much taller than I am. And uh, so, therefore, um, our, our team name of the Brute Squad makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, but but she she was my co-driver. I, w- I was hoping she'd be able to join us today, but she, she isn't able to call in. But she is... She's amazing, and she was, like, the best partner I could have had for this. So I guess the most important question I ask everybody that runs the Rebel, are you guys still friends? (laughs) 
We are, actually. And we're already talking about doing it again together next year. Oh, so I guess let's talk about the folks that helped you get there. What vehicle did you drive and what manufacturer? Yeah, so I we drove the Hyundai Santa Cruz, which is a compact pickup truck from a Hyundai, and it's new for 2022. And it's, uh, you know, unibody construction, and it performed in the X-Cross class or the SUV class of the Rebel Rally. So petite little compact truck. I thought it was perfect. When I heard you were driving that, I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, this should be absolutely flawless, trouble-free. And get you through. The only hard part is trying to find those invisible checkpoints along with the colored ones as well. <laughs> that would be true. That would be true. And, you know, the, the Hyundai Santa Cruz did an amazing job. And we did do some slight modifications to it. So it didn't perform in the bone stock class, but it had a one-inch lift, which was put on by trucks. It had uh, some a bumper bar that was put on by uh, Rally Innovations. It had a roof. Uh, or not a roof, it was a bed rack that had our spare tire, max tracks, our shovels. It was also by Rally Innovation. So, you know, we had an, an, an skid plate, um, which is not, it's, it, this is interesting. So it's a factory skid plate, but the Santa Cruz doesn't currently offer a factory skid plate. So uh. hint, hint, wink, wink, something's coming. <laughs> um, but, um, but, but yeah, so it, it has a skid plate um, only in the front, but not in the back. But uh, it, it, I don't know. So it did really well. And obviously we couldn't do some of the more difficult trails that the 4x4 class did. But for what we were slated to do and our checkpoints that we were trying to hit, it it was phenomenal and it was amazing in the sand especially um down we were down in glamis towards the end and right. it was it was pretty phenomenal so you just touched on something that i was not aware of i was under the impression all vehicles ran the same route now it sounds to me like depending on the class you were in you had your own individual route that you had to traverse that's correct and and, oh. and even in the class that you're in, you're probably not going to be on exactly the same route. They try to mix things up so you're not, um, I don't want to call it cheating, but so you're not collaborating too hard with somebody. Uh-huh. And so um, I was in what they call the X-Cross class, and there were actually only eight vehicles in that class. And I think there were only three rookies um, in that class. So we, we had really, really stiff competition, um, especially since one of the rookies was a rally car driver. <laughs> oh. Well, that's not fair. But, hey, you know what? Oh, yeah. But that's okay. That's what makes you better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and our goal coming into this wasn't to win or to podium. You know, that would have been nice. But our goal was just to finish. Right. And not break the truck. Those, those, those were our two goals. And then the, the, the third goal was to not die. But the, the two primary <laughs> goals were just to, to, to finish and to not break the truck. And we, we managed to do both of those things. So well, we, were, we were pretty happy with that. Well, and if anybody follows the Rebel Rally or knows anything about it, that's really way more important than walking, you know, going to the podium or walking away with a trophy. That's just, you know, a cherry on the on the, on the Sunday if you can achieve those two items. Now, where did you guys start this year? Because last year they started at Hoover Dam. Where did you guys start this year? We were up near uh, Lake Tahoe. Oh, okay. Um, our, our our hotel area was in Incline Village. 
And so we, we started there. We had our fir- like our pre-tech and our tech. So they kind of um, two days before you take off for the, the, the hinterlands, you go through what they call tech and pre-tech, where they um, look at your truck, make sure your GPS is disabled, make sure that um, everything is up to spec, that there's nothing hinky going on with mm-hmm. your vehicle, that it's mechanically sound. Because, I mean, we were in a brand new 2022 truck, but there are some people out there that are in classic vehicles. Like one of our friends, I think she had a 1996 Land Rover Defender. <laughs> so, um, you know, they, they want to take a look at your vehicle and, and make sure that, it's it's not going to break, you know, leaving out of the gate. And, right. and so, um, but they do all of that. And we, I think it was, was it the Hyatt at Incline Village? We were at a hotel to do all of that before we left for our first base camp. And if you didn't catch that, folks, no navigation in the vehicle. It's a map. <laughs> it's a compass. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, no, they even take away your cell phone. So uh, they give you they give you a prologue day where you can like take your cell phone with you, but you're not supposed to use it because you're you're trying to get into the groove of how to plot longitude, longitude and latitude points and use a map to navigate where you're going. And we were kind of off the grid already anyway. The cell service was pretty spotty on mm-hmm. that prologue day. Uh, but after you get back to the prologue from the prologue day, they um, you have to lock your phone up and and hide it, and and they actually check it at the very end. you keep it in your vehicle in case of an emergency, mm-hmm. like something catastrophic happens. Uh, but we put it in a box. They duct taped it shut, and then we um, the, one of the great things about the Hyundai Santa Cruz is it has second row rear seat under seat storage and so we stuffed it under the seat and on uh, you know in the second row and um but they check that at the end and if the anything has been tampered with if it looks like you have touched your phone you're disqualified wait a minute you of all people went a week without your cell phone oh my oh, god call the ambulance call the ambulance 10 days <laughs> 10 days without my cell phone it was it was quite I mean, the first day was kind of tough. You know, I got the shakes a little bit. Uh, but uh, after after that, it was just really nice to not have to think about anything else yeah. except for what I was doing. Well, you're concentrating on the race. It's not a race. I keep trying to correct myself. It's a rally. All right. Hey, let's yeah. take a quick break because I cannot wait to come back and talk more with Jill about the Rebel Rally 2022 and a Hyundai. Yes, indeed, folks. And it did the job right here on fm 961 AM 1170 the answer all right folks welcome back to s-t-o-r-c dirt radio fm 961 AM 1170 the answer this segment is brought to you by fire and ice heating and air conditioning the ashley family in lakeside boy they've been doing this since 1983 go to fire and ice hvac.com for all your heating and air They'll take care of all your problems. They'll come out. They'll take a look, give you an estimate from Oceanside all the way to Julian and San Diego County as well. They do maintenance. They do commercial. They do residential. And it's free door-to-door, no trip charges, no fuel charges. Just pay for the work performed. And a discount on repairs for seniors and military. Free second opinion on another company's repair quote, fire and ice heating and air. That's fire and ice heating and air. 1-800-400-FIRE-3473. And Wayne Miller Tire, I don't care if it's a golf cart, go-kart, or a tractor trailer. Wayne's got it all. 619-596-2800. 
And he's doing alignments, brakes, shock, suspension, oil changes. He's doing it all. One-stop shop. Wayne Miller. Nobody will take care of you better. All right, we got Jill Sabadello on the line. She ran the Rebel Rally for the first time with Christian Shosh. Uh, Christian was not able to call in today, so we're giving the ball to Jill. So first day, tech, get everybody ready to rock and roll. And I imagine sitting in the driver's seat, because you did the driving, and I think, what, Christian did the navigation? We, we switched back and forth every day. How did that work out? Because I was curious whether that was going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, it was a little bit of both, actually. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, so the good thing was when you – navigating is hard. <laughs> let's, let's just start there. Navigating is really hard. It's Very. probably – the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've run 11 marathons. Um, so, I mean, navigating is hard. And so when we would have a really bad day, like I navigated during the prologue and then I navigated on day two and day two of the rally, I got us lost for two hours in the middle of a wash mm. and it was a hard day. <laughs> and, but then, you know, I get back to camp and I'm thinking, I get to drive tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see the. I see your point. I see your point. Give the map to Kristen. Yep. Here you go. Yeah, I'm done. Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and you know, I think it goes right back because okay, you got lost. Well, mm-hmm. you don't have anything to fall back on. You can't go to Google Map. I mean, you can't do anything. You got to figure it out with a piece of paper and a compass. God, that had to be tough. I can't even imagine it. Well, you know, and the toughest thing about it was, is specifically when we were in the middle of that wash, like I knew exactly where we were. Like I, I knew exactly where we were. I had the longitude and latitude point. You know, we did click our tracker um, to get a wide miss, a 10-point penalty to, to get our plot point. And I knew where we were before I clicked it. And then I clicked it and it just verified where we were. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't get to where we needed to be because it looked like there were like insurmountable obstacles in the way. There wasn't a path. It wasn't a clear path mm-hmm. to get where we needed to be. And so we literally drove back and forth for two hours trying to find a path out. And finally, um, and this speaks to how amazing Rebel is and the people who compete in Rebel, but two hours of being stuck here, we bumped into finally <laughs> two other teams and um, we kind of flagged them down and, and we said, hey, here's the thing. We've been literally here for two hours and we cannot figure, we cannot find a way out. And they pointed and they're like, well, we were going to go that way. And I said, no, we just came from there. That is not the way to go. So um, the the one uh, vehicle was a Ram 1500, and the other vehicle was a Jeep 4xe. Um, Mercedes Lillenthal was in there. Oh, yeah. We had her on the show before. And right. so um, another automotive journalist, and, and they looked at us, and they, looked, they were like, here's the thing. We can go places you can't go. Let us go first, um, and we'll kind of scout the way and see if you can get through. And the Ram w- said, hey, we'll go first. And Mercedes and the Jeep 4xe was like, we'll follow you. And then that way, if you get stuck, you have someone from the front and somebody from the back who can help you get out. And, um, and, and so that helped us because they, they took us basically down into a dry riverbed. And it was like a three-foot drop that I would not, <laughs> I would not have done 
by myself or, um, you know, would have thought that the, the, the Santa Cruz could have done. And we kind of had to go into it sideways and then back up sideways, but we were able to do it. And it was nice to have the security of knowing that if something bad happened, we weren't alone. Well, Um, it's not in the rules, but I really think that's what the rebel rally is about. mm -hmm. It's not just the rally. It's the camaraderie Mm -hmm. of the fellow drivers that you can assist one another in a situation like what you had just done, which is Mm -hmm. really phenomenal. And and, uh, uh, Miss Miller, she's the the, the crazy lady that puts this thing together, (laughs) Emily. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure she had that in mind when she put this together because she's been doing this forever. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, there are people who are very competitive who do it. And, uh, you know, there are women who've been doing it. This is the seventh year. So there have been women who've been doing it for seven years. They're really trying to podium or they feel the pressure to do better than they did the last year. And so you, you can kind of tell who those people are and you, you don't necessarily ask them for help. Right. Or if you're asking them for help, you make it very clear, by the way, you're still going to beat us. <laughs> and you just point us in a direction. You're still going to win. You're still, we are, we are so far not competing with you. Um, you know, you can, you, you just, just point us in a way. And so our first day in the dunes, um, I, I believe, you know, Lynn Woodward, uh-huh. too, correct. Uh-huh. Um, and so she's done it for several years and she was competing this year in a Nissan. I think it was a Pathfinder. And, Um, She and her partner um, have done it for several years uh, together. And the first day in the dunes, we didn't know where we were going or how to really navigate in the dunes. And and it was kind of like a half day in the dunes. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of went to to Lynn and her partner and we were just like, "Um, so can we just follow you and maybe learn something? (laughs) (laughs) And and, and their first question was, where are you in the point standing? We are so far and behind you, you shouldn't even worry about that. And they were like, okay, then fine. Come on with us. <laughs> well, it is that. Definitely in it to win it. Yeah. Well, it is that competitive thing, no matter what you think or say. Like, it's so funny. I have to ask you, did Emmy Hall run this year? She did not. She actually, I, this is the first year she didn't do it. I was she shocked. Was the MC for the live um, this uh, year. So she was there, but she wasn't competing. Yeah. I was so surprised because I talked to her on a press event. She goes, yeah. I think I'm going to pass this year, which I was totally shocked because nobody's more competitive. Have you seen her Miata? I mean, that oh, thing yes. could run the Rebel. That's as Buddy. decked out as that thing is. Yes. It, 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 she, she, she calls it Buddy, and it has a lift and amazing oh. tires and a roll cage. And, um, yeah, I think she uses that as her everyday. She does. She in it. I yeah. know. She's so funny. Okay. So did the days get better? Or did they get worse? So in terms of um, attitude, they got better. Okay. Because I, I think after the first two days, like the fir- first two full days where, you know, I was driving and then I navigated mm-hmm. and then vice mm-hmm. versa for Kristen, I, I think after the first two days, we kind of realized where we were <laughs> in, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. You know, we weren't going to win. You know, we weren't going to podium, you know, but we could finish. And, and, you know, we had built some confidence because we didn't get lost in Death Valley and we weren't stuck in the middle of nowhere forever and we didn't have to get recovered. Uh, you know, we didn't have to, you know, use our stat phone. So we're like, okay, we can, we can actually do this. We're just not, we're not good yet. And we'll just right. keep going and we'll get better. And so I, I feel like after the first couple of days, we just, we figured out what we didn't know. And that was a lot. 
um, and, and we started to figure out how to learn it. And I don't know that we learned everything that we needed to, to learn by the end of it, but we definitely got better. We definitely started to feel more confident, and we definitely started to have more fun. Well, it makes you want to do it again because you do yeah. have a competitive streak. And granted, you accepted the fact that you're not going to podium. This was a learning experience. If anything, there should have been a yellow sticker along the back of your vehicle (laughs) that said you were kind of a rookie. You were just, you're just out there trying to figure this thing out, but it's such a challenge. You know, it's kind of like the Rubik's Cube. You know, you don't get Mm -hmm. that first time out of the box, but you'll beat on that Rubik's Cube until you figure it out. And I think that's the beauty of it. And I think that's why you're you're kind of motivated to, to go after it again. Because every year you learn something a little bit more than from the year past. Even though the trail yeah. is different. Because the, the, yeah. the, the track is going to be totally different. So yeah. did you have any... So you had no mechanical issues with, with, with the vehicle? Nope. Wow. How about flat tires? No? No flat tires. Um, wow. Though Kristen and I did practice. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. How to change because these these are seventy pound tires, and um, I, I, as you alluded to in the beginning, I'm five feet tall and I weigh about ninety five pounds. <laughs> I was so that is say. like the tire weighs about as much as I do. But um, so we did practice uh, changing the tire because we needed to figure out okay, how do we get it off of the bed rack? Right. And how do we you know how do we lift it into place? Because you you know you've jacked up the vehicle, so then how do you lift it into place? Mm-hmm. It's weighing seventy pounds, right? And so. We, we, we definitely practiced and, um, but thankfully, um, and I, I will say, you know, due to my driving skills and Kristen's driving skills, we didn't put ourselves in a precarious situation and drive beyond our skill level right. and, and have a problem. And, and not that that's what happens when you get a flat tire. Cause sometimes that rock just jumps out of nowhere. That's right. Oh yeah. Those little pointy rocks. I don't know where they come from, yeah. but somebody's making yeah. them and they're sticking them on the road. Well, and I think that has a lot to do with your experience as to what you do outside of the Rebel Rally. I mean, you're yeah. you're surrounded by truck people, whether you're online, whether you're on the radio, wherever you're at. You know, you deal with trucks on a pretty regular basis, so you kind of get that mentality. But again, the Rebel Rally is totally different than anything you've ever done, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I one of the things that I thought was really awesome and amazing because you know we go on press trips all the time where you go with Land Rover, or you go right. with um, GMC or whoever, and they are carefully curating the route for you. They're telling you where to drive. They're right. telling you where to put your tires. They have spotters for you. They basically hold your hand through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And even if you're camping, they're pitching their t- your tent for you. You know, they're. They're, you know, doing, they're, they're carrying your gear for you. They're doing everything for you. And the amazing thing about the Rebel is I did that. I did it all. I planned my route. I, you know, if yeah. I needed to change a tire, I could have. I aired down my tires. I put my, you know, aired up my tires. I carried my gear. I pitched my tent. I did everything. And I have to tell you, like, in everyday life, what a confidence boost that is. I feel like I can do anything. Well, and I'm, that was going to be my next comment. To do it all, like, again, like, we have to emphasize to people or any young ladies out there that would like to do this, because it's not it's not difficult. All you have to do is, well, you need to be signed up, because I think it's probably going to be sold out in the next day or two yep. for next year. Yep. 
because that's the insanity because it gives women an opportunity to prove that they can do this and i and you're absolutely right i'm sure you're a better driver you're more self-confident and when you start going on press events it'll be a totally different experience than it was prior to the rebel let's take a quick break when we come back i want to talk a little bit down the road uh with uh, jill right here on s-t-o-r-c dirt radio fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer all right folks welcome back to s-t-o-r-c dirt radio fm 96.1 am 1170 audrey and ed are out in the desert uh, finishing up the lost lizard fun run which is a a uh, fundraiser in fact you should join sdorc.org 25 dollars a year you can help keep the deserts open we have to pay for a lobbyist because i hate to tell you folks government's doing everything they can to keep you out of the mountains and the deserts hey this segment is brought to you by primary residential mortgage if you're looking to buy a house sell a house doing a refinance maybe a reverse mortgage you need an expert you can trust that would be chris wiley Chris is an amazing guy. He cares so much about you as a customer. That's why he does as well as he does. He's also an off-roader, 619-722-1303. And if you want to stay on top of what's going on out at the desert, SNS Off-Road Magazine. Go to SSOORMAG.com. They've been doing this since 1982. Everything from classified news, games, information, S-S-O-R-M-A-G will keep you up to date. All right. Hey, we're talking to my good friend. Uh, this is Jill uh, Simonello. Simonello, so I don't destroy that too badly. And she <laughs> ran the Rebel Rally for the very first time. Uh, her and her friend, uh, Christian Shaw, they flipped back and forth from navigator to driver, which probably I was – thinking more one should drive one should not but 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 jill made it perfectly clear it was kind of nice to get away from the maps and get back back behind the wheel and then if anything was ever ever to happen heaven forbid you know they were both pretty capable of, of doing what they did so you ran from what time in the morning till what time at night um it, so they wake you up at 5 a.m every day and the time that you run varies based on when you finish the previous day or mm. sometimes you drew numbers out of a hat. And so uh, start times would vary from 7 a.m. until about 8.30 a.m. And you basically are on the road for 10 hours after that. Wow. And so the way Rebel works is they give you a series of 25 to 30 longitude and latitude points. And there are green checkpoints that are mandatory. You have to hit those that are worth 20 points. And then they have blue checkpoints, which are optional, uh, and they're worth anywhere from maybe 7 to 12 points. Mm -hmm. Um, The blue checkpoints and the green checkpoints have some kind of marker there. So the green checkpoint is going to be a big green flag. You know, the blue checkpoint will either be a big blue flag or a tiny little blue pole. <laughs> and and we would look at the points and be like, oh, this is a 12-pointer. That means it's just going to be a blue, point, blue pole behind a bush somewhere, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And so we would kind of say, okay, we're looking for a blue pole, not a flag here, because this is big points. Um, but then you have the black checkpoints, which there is no marker there, and you just have to go to the point where you think that longitude and latitude is, and then you click your tracker and hope you're right. <laughs> ah, so that's a little bit trickier. It 
it is. It's a lot trickier. And so you get these series of points and there's, you know, maybe four green checkpoints and then the rest of them are going to be blue and black checkpoints. And so you kind of have to time your day and because the checkpoints close at certain times too. And so you'll Uh look at, um, okay, this green checkpoint closes two hours after our start. So if we start at seven, the green checkpoint closes at nine. We have to get there by 9 a.m. Um, can we hit anything in between there? Do we have to go straight to the green checkpoint? Uh, and so, like, you have to do a little strategy of, well, this checkpoint closes at noon. Uh, can we get there? And, or do we need to do this one first? Or do we need to skip it and move on to the next one? And I'll be honest with you, we didn't. We were not very good at strategizing which points we were going for. And I have a feeling next year we'll probably be a little bit more right. uh, strategic about, okay, this is worth more points. We really need to make a concerted effort to get there. Or this one looks really difficult. We'll skip that. But um, at this point, like we've just plotted everything. We're like, oh, let's just see what we can hit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. Well, because it's all experience. That's all. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, the, the, the strategy comes later. Right now, let's just yeah. see if we can hit the dang thing (laughs) yeah yeah and then and and like you're you're um getting back to base camp you have 10 hours to get back to base camp um or to get to your next base camp or whatever it is and so um i will say we did miss hitting our time on base camp one day um and then that means you lose your points so it's like getting getting back to base camp is worth 20 points and and so we lost 20 points because we didn't we, we missed it by like 20 minutes oh man yeah I know, and that that was really frustrating. And that was one of our more frustrating days because we um, went, we did this enduro challenge. So an enduro challenge is a timed portion, mm-hmm. and they give you like a route book, and you have to. They'll say turn right at the bush, and it's like, well, there's two bushes. Which bush are you turning right at? And so, um, but but so we did the the enduro, and we did badly on the enduro. Our, there was a checkpoint at the end of the enduro. And it was a blue checkpoint, and we missed that by four minutes, and then that just threw off like, uh, the rest of everything after that because then we were just very discombobulated because mm-hmm. we missed that checkpoint. And it's like, okay, we missed this checkpoint. What do we do from here? And we spent too much time thinking about that. Right. But there's definitely a lot of like timing and strategy involved and thinking about uh, when you have to be at a certain point and then making decisions. Can we hit this? Do we have to skip it? So, yeah. So, did you, I had never asked anybody, and I've interviewed quite a few folks that have run this race, uh, did you take notes for future for future races? I mean, did you, I, 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 I get the fact that the, the race, or the race, we, stop that, the rally next year and the end next year, they're not, they're all different, but there's certain things you can make, make notes about. Did you guys take any kind of copious notes for future events? Yes and no. So I tried, but I'll tell you, you like from that very first cowbell, when you wake up at 5 a.m., you are literally on the run all day long. So uh, if you if your start time is at 7 a.m., you actually get your information packets at 5 a.m. Oh. So really, like you have to get up and get out the door and go get your information packets so you can get on you, you know, the stick and so that you can start getting your plot points. Otherwise you just missed like a half an hour of time to be able to get ahead on your day. And so you, it, you have to get going. And then once you're driving, like I naively thought that we would be able to have a lunch break every day. Yeah. You know, I was like, Oh yeah, we'll just stop at like noon every day. We'll, 
I'll boil some water and we'll have tea. And I was just like, no, no, there was no time for any of that. And so if you make it back to your base camp, you know, after 10 hours, like you did a really good job that day. Yeah. And like I said, we, we missed it one day. But so then you get back to base camp. So if like you're starting at 7 a.m., you get back to base camp by 5 p.m., then, you know, you have um, to set up your, your tent, like if you switched base camps. So you have to get your camp reset up. Then you have to, you know, fill your water for the next day if you used any, like, because you have to carry five gallons of water in your truck. And so you have to refill your water jugs. You have to, um, you know, organize your stuff, think about your day. Then dinner happens. And then by, like, 7 o'clock, like, you're ready to go to bed. <laughs> no partying. No, 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 wait a minute. Tents. I thought you had, like, you know, 40-foot-foot motorhomes with air conditioning <laughs> and showers. No, no, none of the above. Yeah. <laughs> None of the above. So Kristen and I, we opted for a six-person tent. And some people would have, like, because we, we decided we would share. It would be easier to set up and take down tent uh-huh. if we if we were sharing. And so we got a six-person pop-up tent. And it was really easy to set up, which was great, because there were a couple of times we were going into base camp after dark, and all you had to do is just, like, throw it up in the air. And it would, like, basically <laughs> magically be in place. Yeah. Um, but the, the takedown, or the putting it putting it back down, was really not as easy as you would think. And um, I really wish we had our cell phones so that we could do video of us like in the mornings at like 5 a.m. trying to take down this tent because there were times that I'm like literally I'm like running and like jumping through the air and like landing on the tent to like get it to splash back into its little circle. Uh, but, but no, I mean, so to your original question, like I tried like to take notes and if I had any free moment i was i was writing th- some things down yeah. uh, but but there it was there was there was very little time and and i i chalked that up to being a rookie and and not knowing what i didn't know yeah. and so i anticipate that moving forward next year um assuming we we have the opportunity to run it again I have a feeling we'll be a little bit more organized and we'll be a little bit more put together in terms of how we do things. Will you go so with the six person? You know. Will you go with the six person tent next year? Yeah, you know what? That was actually one of the things that I really appreciated because really? we had we had space for both of our sleeping mats, uh. and we had space for um, you know, like, and, and so we weren't sleeping on top of each other, which right. was nice. Like you're you're two together 10, 10 hours in the yeah. vehicle in close quarters, so you want a little bit of space. And then we could have like our clothing bags inside with us, and so there was just a little bit more space to move around. And yeah. we changed in our tent, so yeah. Yeah. like if you can't stand up at least a little bit in your tent, that makes life a little bit more difficult. And so. Um, I, I appreciated the, the, the large six-person tent. So, yeah, we would do that again. Yeah, and you have to take that tent with you, correct? Yep, yeah. So you have to, yeah, I you're can, carrying all of your gear. You're carrying all of your gear with you. I can just see you jumping in the air. Oh, yeah. Landing on the tent. The tent throws you back into the dirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really And somebody was watching me one day, and they're like, dang, I wish I had a camera. I wish I could oh. take video of this. Because they're like, you look like a puma pouncing, you know, pouncing on the tent. And I was like, thanks for that. Thanks. Yeah, I'm thanks. glad I could be your amusement. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be $50, please, because I don't do this yeah. crazy stuff for free. So, but then again, like we talked about, except for the one day you had a little bit of an issue, did every day seem to get a little bit better or did they get longer and more uh, and more difficult? 
for me, I thought they got better. And I would say Kristen would probably have a different answer to that. Um, <laughs> for, for, well, because, again, I'm a marathon runner. I am oh. no stranger to, to the long game. And, like, I know what mile 20 feel likes, and it, it feels like, and it stinks. It is not a good feeling to get to mile 20. But the thing is, it's like, okay, we have six more miles left. I can do that. Yeah. I can do anything for six more miles. Yeah, and you so, just did 20. Yeah, it's easy. That's easy. Let's only another hour. That's easy after that. So to me, that was my whole mentality of, oh, we just did six days. I can do one more day. And this is easy. I've, yeah. I've got this. But I don't have kids. You know, I'm, I'm married, um, right. but I, I don't have kids. And, um, you know, my, my, my dad isn't very well right now. So that was a little bit hard. And uh-huh. I definitely missed him. But, like, I didn't have, like a kid that I was worried about right. and, and Kristen, Kristen has um, a 13 year old son and she's married. And so she, and she like talks to her mother on the phone every day. And so I think she just really missed her family. Uh. And I, I didn't like for me, I'm just like, I know they're going to be there when I get back and yeah. it'll be fine. Well, you were on and a so, marathon. It just happened to yeah. be in a vehicle. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So what so was easier for me? So what was Kristen's, experience to do this i mean you at least are immersed in automotive and off-roading and all the time so that's not a total shock to you did she come from the same mentality or was this totally new to her yeah no no she definitely comes from the same mentality oh, okay and, um, you know she's she's also an automotive journalist and um she used to freelance for the drive and so she has done a lot of the off-road oh, okay. automotive programs okay. and you know, and she does some stuff like I, I feel like she's done some freelance work with side by sides and she's done some other off roading stuff. I mean, my primary outlet is pickup truck plus SUV talk. So right. I definitely focus on trucks and SUVs mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the outdoor and the lifestyle kind of thing. Right. Um, but it, she she has definitely a wide breadth. Right. of experience as well and she she definitely comes at it like she had some experience going into this but neither of us had competed in anything <laughs> to this extent um and and it, i mean it's, it's funny because you know we were talking a little bit about how you go on an automotive program and you have somebody who's like basically holding your hand all yeah. the way through and you know i always would so for me land rover like i would look at the land rover programs and you would go on the, and they'd like have these i'd call them land rover guys yeah. because they would be like your spotters they would dig you out oh. if you got stuck and they would I mean and they were the coolest dudes ever right and and I just like I've always said if I'm in Armageddon or if the end of the world is coming I hope that I'm with the Land Rover guys exactly because they can literally like duct tape and bubble gum they will save the world without a and shadow so, of a doubt <laughs> w- without a shadow of the doubt and so I will say that coming out of the rebel I'm like I feel like I'm a Land Rover guy in training there you go I feel like you give I need bubblegum duct tape and dental floss, but then I could probably save the world. But see, now you could tear that yellow stripe off the back of your vehicle. That's the good yeah. news. Let's take a, your last break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about, about the nuts and bolts. If you're out there wondering, well, how do you do it? What are the websites? Who do I talk to? What's it going to cost? What do I have to bring to the table? Right here on S-T-O-R-C Dirt Radio, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to S-T-O-R-C Dirt Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Ed and Audrey are out in the desert. They'll be back next Sunday. They're closing up the uh, Lost Lizard Fun Run. I understand it was a massive success. Hey, and the last sponsor for this show is the Wise Ox 
Butcher Shop and Pantry. It's your neighborhood butcher shop located in North Park and, and La Costa, owned and operated by Trust Restaurant Group. The Wise Ox is not only your classic meat shop, it's a deli, a wine shop, and part pantry, too. It's all the parts and pieces that make up the award-winning restaurant group. Available for you to enjoy at home. It's a shop that highlights premium beef, heritage pork, and free-range chickens. All painstakingly sourced by their expert chefs and butchers. Check them out. The Wise Ox Butcher Shop in North Park. All right. We're talking to Jill Simonello. She uh, ran the Rebel Rally for the very first time. She is an extremely seasoned automotive journalist and off-road expert. She ran with her partner, Kristen Shaw, who also has done extensive off-roading, but not to the extent that Emily Miller put them through. <laughs> and by the way, what's this I hear? You got a five-star chef that kind of took care of you at night? Uh, we did. We did. So there's a Michelin star ref who, or ref, a chef, <laughs> um, who, um, who basically put together all of our meals uh, in the morning and then at night. And we were on our own during the day. Uh, but he basically volunteers his time really? and uh, comes out to the rebel every, every year for 10, for 10 days and brings a team of people to cook for us and make sure you know we are well fed wow all right so i'm a girl and i want to get into the rebel what's the first thing i do uh, you got to go to rebelrally.com. So that's the website for the Rebel. And basically, that's going to tell you everything you want to know about the Rebel, it, it, what it like, what it is, what you need to buy to be able to participate in it. And they offer trainings and things like that. But rebelrally.com is really going to be your first stop to, to see what the rally really is. And um, then you have to sign up for it. And I'm not going to lie, it's a really expensive thing to do. Yes, yes. Um, it, is, it is very expensive. For 2023, the price is $14,595. And that's just to enter. Right. But um, is it so But is it worth every penny? It, it is. <laughs> I think it is. I, I think it is totally I worth it. I haven't had anybody say no. I haven't had yeah. anybody say no. So full disclosure, um, I, Hyundai sponsored us. They paid our uh, fee, our, our entry fee, right. and they provided us with a vehicle. Right. But when you looked at the fact that you have, I think there were 150 teams that competed this year. Wow. And I think there were only, so I think there were three journalist teams, maybe four journalist teams that were sponsored by an automaker. Then there were probably like four or five teams that were engineers. Right. Um, Toyota had a couple of teams of engineers. Vian had some teams of engineers. I think Honda had a team of engineers. So you you have like a couple of engineering teams from automakers. Mm-hmm. So those are those are your sponsored teams. So I would say out of 150 teams, you probably have maybe 15 teams that are sponsored. Mm-hmm. That means the majority of the people are uh, doing this all on their own, and they do have like payment plans. So it's not like you have to pay you know fifteen thousand right. dollars up front. Um, and you're splitting it with a partner. Uh, but, I mean, and they're bringing their own vehicles. So, I mean, there are a lot of people, the vast majority of people are not sponsored in any way. Or, you know, they're just, they, they have some sponsorships, but not, you know, for the entry fees or for their vehicle. Well, um, so, Kristen and I were incredibly lucky. Well, my co-host, Audrey Mason, went out and bought a 2018 Jeep Wrangler. 
just to be mm-hmm. in the event. She paid her entry fee with her partner. Mm-hmm. She bought the vehicle. She did whatever modifications. I can't remember what class she was in. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, so I get it. And yeah, it's 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 a joy to be sponsored, but you've got to represent. See, mm-hmm. that's the other side of it too. And you did. Vehicle came through unscathed. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, you didn't podium, but you learned so much about it. Uh, are you going to try to stay with Hyundai next year, or are you are you opened up to another manufacturer? We, we are hoping to stay with Hyundai. Yeah. We, you know, definitely want to give them the first right of refusal because they were the the best to work with. Yeah. They were so amazing, and you know the the engineer who worked directly with us, Eric Buxton, was just. I, I mean, he was a little guardian angel. He took days off to spend time with us to he went with us to you know help us learn how to change the tires and to show us you know how to do things inside the truck to point out all the buttons to you know he went one day with us off-roading you know the vehicle can do this it can't do that you know think about this and um you know if you're coming into something like this make sure you angle the vehicle like that and so just the level of support that we got was just for a first time rebel it was it was very helpful and very amazing, especially because this isn't our vehicle. Right. Like, this is not a vehicle I drive every day. So having the extra time to get used to the vehicle, mm-hmm. and they, they also um, paid for our training. So we did two different trainings. Rebel offers official training through Rebel U, where I think they do like three or four trainings a year, um, and that's going to be like 700 to $1,500, depending on the training that uh-huh. you're going to do. Um, but they do dune training, they do navigation training, they teach you how to use a plotter, how to use the map tools, how to use the map, how to read a map, how to figure out like what's a train track versus a power line versus a trail. And so um, strongly recommend if you're going to do Rebel, you've got to do one of those trainings because showing up on the, the day of and trying to learn all of that, in addition to figuring out how to set up your tent or take it down, it's really hard. <laughs> so I'm very thankful that um, we, we, we had a couple of the trainings thrown into that um, as well. And uh, I, I, I'm already looking at, I want to do dunes training for next year and I want to do navigating navigation training in the dunes. And so there's, um, a woman called Nina Barlow who, can, oh, yeah. She, per, yeah, she uh, participates every year. She podiums, she has an off-roading business and she offers specific training, um, uh-huh. navigating in the dunes or driving in the dunes. And so, um, Chris and I have actually been talking about, taking one of those classes because I, we definitely like, I know how to use the tools. Like I know how to use a a map ruler. I know how to use a plotter. I I know how to measure distance and take a heading. I know how to use a compass. I know all of those things, but I need to get better at strategizing and figuring out, okay, I need to go 43 degrees in that direction. And I need to get around three sand dunes in the middle of that. How do I do that? So, um, and I think, uh, you know, doing some advanced dunes training through both Rebel U and Nina Barlow probably helped me oh. over that hump. <laughs> yeah, without it. Well, I think it's absolutely fantastic that you took the uh, took the course. That's the reason I wanted to volunteer an hour for you to talk about it, to give back to your sponsors, uh, all the folks that helped you get there. And, of course, Christian Shaw, you know, maybe next time we'll get her on as well to get her perspective of uh, of the event. And we can't thank Hyundai enough 
for seeing the value and what you guys were going to do as far as representing Hyundai Motor America, Lori Schultz and the whole team. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's got to be super proud of you. Uh, I will probably, I'll send this show to her as well as you yourself. And I cannot wait for next year's Rebel Rally because you're going to podium. Yeah, well, or at least not finish last. All right, Jill. How do people follow you around? Uh, You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of those places just by searching for my name, Jill Simonello, J-I-L-L-C-I-M-I-N-I-L-L-O, and I use the hashtag car du jour. All right, kiddo. Good talking to you, and we'll talk to you down the road. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We come back, San Diego Auto Museum Radio, right around the corner. Thanks for joining us for San Diego Off-Road Coalition Radio with Dave Stahl, the program that is working to further off-roading as a safe family experience while promoting and preserving the natural environment. To learn more about SDORC and how you can get involved, visit SDORC.org. That's SDORC.org. Join us next week at this same time for more of the latest news and initiatives in preserving the use of off-highway vehicles while protecting the land and wildlife at the same time. This has been San Diego Off-Road Coalition Radio on The Answer San Diego. This program is sponsored by Love Radio Network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.